Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of the Draft Eye Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Jonah, joined as always by my co-host Colt. Colt, how's it going out there? Uh, it's going going great. I uh, We just wrapped up the Monday Night Football game. Got to see the Bills and the Broncos. 12 men on the field. Um, yeah, not a call you really want to get uh, at that time and that, that stage of the game. What it, I mean, how often do you think we see that call? I mean, it, obviously it happens, but I would probably say like every other week maybe or or maybe less. It's just it's such a rare call, especially for good teams. Such a rare call or, or something that happens. Yeah, occasionally you'll see it, a guy's running off and he doesn't get off in time. Yeah. You know, that kind of 12 men on the field. But actual 12 men on the field, that yeah, that's pretty rough and pretty rare. Yeah, especially for a, uh, you know, a field goal like that is kind of a longer one. It was, I think it was 41 yards uh, just off the top of my head. But, yeah, it was a one that was, I mean, it's it's tough to see the game. The worst part is he missed it before, right? Yeah. With the 12 men on the field that had nothing to do. You know, nobody, like, scrambled and, and got too close to blocking it or anything like that. Missed it. You never want to give a kicker a free kick, in my opinion. That's that's why they blow that, that play dead. I I'm I'm a truther. I believe about that. I don't like icing the kicker. I think just let them get one shot and, and go from there because you don't want them to kind of uh you know you know make the make the next kick and you know just kick yourself in the butt. So that's kind of my stance on it. Well, the second kick should be better than the first kick. It's not always how it works, but that's what should happen. That's what should happen. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, we see it all the time. Oh, let me go and ice the kicker real quick. Okay, all right, give him a little more time. I mean, if you got the home field advantage, you want to hear a little crowd noise or something like that. But never mind. I digress. It was just a, outside of the the last few bits of the game. I I wasn't extremely thrilled. Uh, it was kind of a, a yeah a middling game to say the least. But we're we're on to some better things here. We got some QBs, running backs, wide receivers, and, and tight ends. We want to talk about here this week. Let's go ahead. Let's talk about some QB streamers this week. I, I've got to start with your guy. Uh, he, he's now your guy, Joshua Dobbs. Mm-hmm. He's he's owned in about half of leagues, playing at Denver. He's the quarterback seven on the season. He just continues to win. He looks so good. Um, I saw I saw this graphic. Now the graphic is a little a little skewed, but fantasy points through the first ten weeks. Josh Dobbs, one hundred and seventy four. Patrick Mahomes, 171. Patrick Mahomes also had a bye week, so like I said, take that with a grain of salt. But nevertheless, Joshua Dobbs was somebody who wasn't even drafted in any percentage of leagues. I mean, crazy what he's doing. Um, I had a buddy, he asked me a question. He said, hey, man, I'm thinking about dropping Trevor Lawrence for Joshua Dobbs. You know, he's just, I've been playing Trevor Lawrence every single week. He was the first overall draft pick, you know, and everything like that i'm starting on basically off name value what do you think i'm like yeah start joshua dobbs i mean trevor lawrence has zero games over 20 points joshua dobbs has five his rushing you know capability i think he has what is it four yeah four straight weeks of, of a rushing touchdown his rushing floor is just what's keeping him alive not the best passer but he's getting it done and yeah i mean who do you like long term for the rest of the season here joshua dobbs or trevor lawrence Oh, gosh, you know, I'd I'd want to look at the schedules a little more. I knew the Jags had a rough schedule this year. Uh, it seems like it should be Lawrence, but, I mean, you're you're seeing what happens with Dobbs. So that Russian floor is nice. I mean, 
and I guess you have to think about, again, the fact that he did almost all of this in Arizona, and now in Minnesota, while he's, of course, still getting comfortable and learning the playbook, his weapons and skill position players around him are, I, I don't think it's crazy to say it's a big step up. And it's all happening without Justin Jefferson, who should be back very soon as well. So, yeah, yeah. Ex exactly. I, I got a question for you on Justin Jefferson. Do you think, I mean, they didn't activate his 21 day window yet um, here. You know, it was, it was kind of questionable if they were going to activate him here for uh, going into week 10. You have a week 13 bye for the Vikings. Do you think that they just wait until week 14 to get him back into action? Or how do you think they play that out? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely possible. Uh, I think kind of the early estimates on the injury were, uh, I think realistically was probably around six weeks, which I believe this coming week will be the six weeks. So maybe the week after that. Mm -hmm. uh, but you also, I mean, it's kind of hard to ignore that you also have this bye week coming up where it's, hey, there's an extra week of rest that's available too. So. I mean, obviously, fans, we're hoping, you know, maybe back in a week, hopefully keep it to that six weeks. But I, I could see it, you know, taking advantage of the bi-week placement. Yeah, for sure. And it's just, I mean, it's the fact that, you know, you guys are winning. So uh, what is it, the past five games or so you've won? And yeah, five we talk in a row. Yeah, we've talked about it numerous times on, on the podcast, just the schedule that's coming up. You got the Broncos, Bears, Raiders. All, you know, those three certainly winnable games. Um, I think just two of those that are before the bye. My math's correct. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, if you can go, even if you just win one week, then get Justin Jefferson, you know, once you come back from the bye. I think, obviously, we want to see him on the field as soon as possible for fantasy purposes, for NFL purposes. He's one of the, you know, most fun players to watch in the NFL. But um, at the same yeah. time, you know, if you guys are winning and you got an actual playoff chance, then, um, yeah, I mean, that's, you're going to look further down the road. I, I've got a, another guy here. I, I I wanted to just, you know, kind of pause the podcast and, and report that we're pretty happy that Sam Howell isn't somebody who can, you know, be posted on the 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 QB streams of the week anymore because he's just yeah. he's rostered in so many leagues and he's he's the, the NFL's passing leader. So, you know, congrats to everybody who took the chance on him. Um, I I think everybody really took the chance. They wanted to see a little bit more of his rushing ability because we saw him do that. Um, uh, UNC, but I mean, he's not really rushing the ball a ton, but he's just killing it as a passer. So, multiple 300 yard games. Yet another one here, three in a row. And yeah, Sam Howell, he's he's been a guy. If he's not he's not going to be on most of your waivers, but if he is, yeah, go get him. I've got um, another guy here as a uh, stream of the week. It's a guy who he's getting it done in efficiency. So it can be a little scary to to play him because, um, yeah, I mean, if he doesn't if he doesn't get the touchdowns, then you're going to be really upset. I'm talking about Russell Wilson. He's coming off of four of five, sorry, five straight games of less than 200 passing touchdown or passing yards, but he's just throwing a ton of touchdowns. I mean, he has 16 passing touchdowns, 1600 yards. So basically, every hundred yards, he's throwing a touchdown. The four interceptions. He's actually rushing a ton too. He's getting it done on the, on the ground, which he hasn't, you know, hasn't been known for the past couple of years, uh, like he was in his early years. But 
Yeah, Russell Wilson, I think against Minnesota, I think it could be a little bit more of a, a shootout. We've seen Josh Dobbs put up numbers here, put up points. So, yeah, Russell Wilson's kind of my uh, my stream that I got here. I think it's just somebody who, like I said, they've kind of been relying on. So, uh, a safe pick, if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, well, it's kind of like you said. He's He's got a decent floor. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's ceilings all that high but i guess it's if you get you know say let's say 250 and two touchdowns and then you're really hoping maybe that one rushing touchdown you know is that gonna is that gonna make your week or not yeah yeah it comes it comes down a lot to touchdowns which is a little scary i mean he had, like i said he hasn't had a 200 yard game here in a minute but he does have multiple 300 yard games on the season so it's not like he can't do it um they just need to get they need, they need to get Marvin Mims, you know, into this offense a little bit more uh, because I think that's probably when at least one of those happened. He just takes it to the house. That guy's so electric. But nevertheless, yeah, Russell Wilson's a guy who I'm kind of streaming. Who do you have uh, on your list here this week for, for streaming options? Well, I mean, so Dobbs was the big one, of course. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got to – he just got to love what he's doing. Uh, another couple guys who are available in – most leagues uh you got stafford uh probably coming back here i believe he's expected to be back this week right yeah yeah uh early reports um i mean it was, it was just reports from sean mcveigh was saying that he should be ready for week 11 so optimistic um so that should be should be good there yeah and so i mean he's got a better schedule coming up and he's got those two stud receivers so you know, it's never bad. His touch, you know, his fantasy points are low because he's not uh, producing a touchdown rate that you've seen throughout his entire career. It's lower than that. So one of these weeks, he's got to get this, the amount of touchdowns he's supposed to, to to even it out. And he could definitely be, you know, it's never, well, look, it's never bad to plug in a QB with a couple stud receivers to throw to. That that is true. Yeah, if the studs are going to go off, then it has to come to the you know come from the hand of the the guy who touches the ball every single play. So yeah, I like Matthew Stafford. And you said you had a, another guy as well. Well, uh, you know, I was thinking a little bit about uh, Baker Mayfield since they had been kind of you know Tampa had been a more I don't know if explosive is the word a pass heavier offense. <laughs> you know, had been had been happening and so uh he doesn't have a great schedule coming up though he's got the Niners the Colts and the Panthers so that's kind of three tough weeks in a row it's not a great stream option but the team of Tampa you know you do have to notice that they are tossing the ball quite a bit yeah the I mean the 49ers they came out of this bye week and they just they trounced the uh Trevor Lawrence I mean 185 yards no touchdowns two picks fumble um sacked him like five times so yeah the 49ers definitely they were kind of a target for me i think i think calvin ridley was one of my starts of the week and mm-hmm. yeah just because the wide receivers had been decimating the 49ers but they can turn things around after the bye at least here in one week one week sample size so yeah like baker mayfield um he's just kind of you know been reliable here this week three straight uh games so two touchdowns so yeah i mean he's getting it done um, but as you mentioned, yeah, it can be a little scary with that San Francisco matchup, especially. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead. Let's get on to the running back waivers. 
Um, we're, I know, I already know you're going to want to talk about this guy uh, on your on your team. Let's talk about Ty Chandler. Tell me a little bit about him. Yeah, well, Ty Chandler, uh, interesting back coming out of North Carolina, athletic, um, really, of something we haven't seen in the NFL, but such a fascinating like pass catcher out of the backfield. I still want to see the Vikings try and use him as a real true. Uh, receiving weapon like he was in college, but that's kind of neither here nor there. Uh, but yeah, just a good athletic pass catching back who, yeah, has uh, moved up a spot and looked pretty good when he moved up a spot. Yeah, he's he's looked great. Um, you know, we we saw him just a little bit, I think, in the preseason. Um, so we've seen seen some flashes, but yeah, Alexander Madison, Vikings head running back. Um, you know, we thought he wasn't going to have any competition uh, with Cam Akers out, and now Ty Chandler's kind of showing the forefront. It's worth noting uh, that Madison, you know, had a concussion, so I would probably see him missing this week. We, we've seen it time and time again here uh, so far on, on the 2023 season, where if you get a concussion on Sunday, then you're likely to miss the, the following week, so... If he were to miss any amount of time, Ty Chandler's definitely, um, you know, a good spot start there against against Denver. I, I'm gonna go about another guy, another running back here. He kind of went off this week. Uh, Devin Singletary. He's owned at about owned, owned at about half of leagues. He just had a career day. I mean, 30 carries for 150 yards, so five a pop. Uh, had a touchdown as well. Added basically nothing um, on the receiving end. He's never been that kind of that kind of running back. But with Damian Harris out, I mean, or sorry, Damian Pierce, we saw it just last week. I mean, it, granted it was against Tampa and they're a very stout run defense, but he did nothing when the, the you know, when the, the, the Texans were putting up, you know, a ton of points. I think it was five passing touchdowns by CJ Stroud. So yeah, I mean, you played against Cincinnati, you end up getting 30 carries, 150 yards. It, you know, you're, you're not going to look away. Um, they get Arizona this week, which is a, a great matchup for them. If if Damian Pierce were to miss any amount of time, Singletary could be plugged in as like a low-end running back too. I'm not confident about that because we've just seen him time and time again. He's just been, like I said, they don't they don't run the ball well and they haven't been running it a ton. So Devin Singletary is a little risky, but if there's a trend or if, like I said, Pierce is out, then Singletary could be at the top of the list here. Yeah, definitely a less less scary matchup this week you feel you feel pretty good this week i mean arizona you know but i mean i've I've mentioned singletary quite a few times he was you know he's outperforming damian pierce when damian pierce is healthy as well so maybe maybe they give him a shot to really be that you know pounded out back number one back uh it seems like they should Seems like it's not going to hurt their their passing ability to have a run threat and a good play action threat back there. So, uh, makes sense to me. Yeah, with the nickname Motor, I think that's a, a pretty cool nickname. I mean, just kind of yeah. we saw it this week. He was just chugging for extra yards. So, yeah, I mean, he's been in the back, been in the you know the league for a little while. He's always had his games where he would just have a, a game or two throughout the season. This seemed to be one of them. Like I said, I'm not super optimistic about it. And if Damian Pierce is back, it just muddies up the water even more where I'd be very scared to start him. Um, I mean, especially in a week where there, I mean, there's four teams on by. We got the Falcons, Colts, Patriots, and Saints, all of them with like star running backs. So you may need a spot to start. But yeah, it's uh, 
yeah, it could be a little risky, just depending on on Damian Pierce. And we're we're recording this Monday night, so you know, uh, take that with a grain of salt and just check the practice reports throughout the week. But I've got, I've got one more running back here, um, and you can feel free to add some afterwards. But uh, Keaton Mitchell, um, somebody you know we talked about a little bit. He's owned in about half of leagues, so surprisingly, he got a a big uptick of usage. But I I think he's he's actually like the Baltimore Ravens Devon Achan. Like, he is a fast, smaller guy who just is very explosive with the, the small amount of plays that he gets. The Ravens run the ball at the highest rate in football, and, I mean, Mitchell can – he has home run speed. He can take it from anywhere on the field. He He's more of like a flex, uh, like an upside flex. He he could very well burn you, you know, four carries for eight yards. Um, but what we've seen him on very limited touches, especially even this weekend, uh, and against a Browns defense, which we, we would consider elite, he looked really good. So more of a, a stash in case something were to happen to Gus Edwards. I mean, but he's playing certainly ahead of Justice Hill. Um, two weeks ago, Justice Hill, I think, had like 13 carries still, which was kind of shocking. But Keaton Mitchell, mm-hmm. he's shown flashes. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, Mitchell you have to pay attention to a guy who goes for 138 in a touchdown. Um, that's that's going to burst onto the scene. His his percentage did surprise me. I guess everyone grabbed him last week. But, uh, yeah, he's definitely number two. Uh, but making that, you know, hey, is it going to be like a 60-40 to even 50-50 number two to number 1A or 1B? Uh, he seems he looks like he's got that kind of talent it's it seems like you know it's kind of the guy that baltimore's almost been been searching for for years i like gus edwards i think he's like kind of the good and steady you know good steady gus edwards but yeah mitchell's really really explosive and gives that that offense or another home run threat which is you know incredibly valuable yeah, and, and like I said, in in a a week where there's four buys and four stud running backs on by, um, I mean they play the Bengals, who we just saw Devin Singletary uh, kind of eat up and carve up here this week. So, mm-hmm. Eaton Mitchell could be very sneaky of a play, um, maybe more of like a daily fantasy type of thing, a DFS play. But um, yeah, certainly somebody you should at least stash on your bench if nothing else. Did you have any other running backs? I mean, those were kind of the three main ones I feel like this week. They were definitely the big guys. Uh, I mean, I liked what uh, Charbonnet, I liked how he looked in a couple of those receptions, taking the that little dump off for, for big yardage. Like you said, we are, you know, we got to go kind of deeper this week uh, with all the buys. Rico uh, Dowdle on Dallas uh, does look like he's doing more and more with the touches he gets, which is just going to lead to more touches. Um, he's, he's kind of a nice emergency play that should be available in your league. Yeah. I mean, it helps when you're favored by 17 and a half, I think. Um, and then you end up winning by 40 or something like that. So that, that part certainly helps, but he did, he's always, he's looked good all season. I I've liked him. Um, I've had him stashed because I'm a Tony Pollard owner, and I'm <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm kind of contemplating playing him over. I know that's not the right play, but Tony Pollard is just he has not been what we expected um, from the preseason. To get Carolina, uh, who can be easily ran on, so um, yeah, I mean that's 
Tony Pollard better have a good week that week. I'm going to be so upset. Like it's, I'm in shambles because I've drafted him in so many places. But yeah, you got some good running yeah. backs there. Charbonnet, yet another week where he outsnapped. Now I say outsnapped, he didn't outproduce or anything like that. Kenneth Walker um, certainly had much less carries, only six carries to his 19, but still outsnapped him um, there on the field. And then he was in there for passing situations as well, which the Seahawks saw them saw themselves in. So uh, I love those both those running backs. Great great picks there. Yeah. Let's go ahead. Let's talk about some uh, wide receivers. We're going to stay with the with the Cowboys. We're talking about uh, Rico there. Let's go ahead. Let's talk about Noah Brown, um, ex-Cowboy. He's now on the Texans. He mm-hmm. is absolutely killing it out there on on the field. I mean, I, I have kind of this infinity for – um, for ex uh, cowboy uh, wide receivers, like it's you know Cedric right. Wilson, all these guys, just they they end up producing and they flash on the Cowboys. They go other places. Sometimes they they do a little something, but I'm always like, man, that guy really should have got a chance. And Noah Brown, I mean, Nico Collins was out here this week. Nico Collins was in last week, um, and he was out this week. It doesn't matter. He had 153 yards last weekend. And this weekend, he he says, oh, that wasn't enough. Let me go out there go 7 for 172 uh, here against the Cincinnati Bengals. Noah Brown is somebody I feel like you've got to add. He's, he's certainly scary because, like I said, Nico Collins was out. Um, and I think maybe it was the weekend before where Dell was out. Maybe not. Maybe I'm getting misremembered. Yeah, yeah. yeah Dell's been in there. But um, nevertheless, yeah, I mean, Noah Brown is a guy – if you have multiple 150-plus-yard weeks, you've got to add this guy. Yeah, you definitely can't, I mean, ignore the production on the field. It's impossible to ignore it. So, uh, yeah, must add if he's in there in your league, which, you know, there's a decent chance he is because, yeah, you know, his his running mates have been more popular and and a little more consistent in that big what's turned out to be a big Houston passing offense. Um, yeah. So you're just, you're grabbing the receivers from the teams that, that they're just throwing the ball all day long and it makes sense. And yeah, he seems to be ultra talented and ultra productive when he does get those opportunities. Yeah. He's been good with the opportunities. Uh, he plays Arizona next week, which is a, a good matchup um, as far as Arizona defense, they're just kind of giving it up. Uh, but the good part about it is Kyler Murray's back, so we're getting to see them put up points. So hopefully, it can stay into that kind of shootout where they don't need to just go to the ground game. Um, so that'll help help Noah Brown, um, you know, in his kind of flex appeal, if you will. Um, but I want to talk about another guy. I want to talk about Jalen Guyton. I mean, he he. We're talking about a, a Chargers wide receiver, kind of like a Tyrell Williams type of the old San Diego Chargers. Um, running with the ones, he's a speedster. He, you know, you know, deep targets, but he's he's running with the ones. I mean, he has the same number of routes as Quentin Johnston, just two less than Keenan Allen. So he's out there basically for everything since he's come back from his knee injury. It's six targets, four receptions for 41 yards and a touchdown. A high passing volume team. Um, I mean, he's not somebody I'm plugging in as certainly like a wide receiver two or even wide receiver three, but he's got the upside um, to take it to the house basically from anywhere on the field because if there's going to be a deep shot, it's probably going to be Guyton. So, Jonah, what do you think about Chargers wide receiver Jalen Guyton? Yeah, I mean, so the usage is going to be scary. You know, he got decent usage, but 
you know, I'd be worried, are you going to see that again or not? Yeah. Um, yeah, with with Quinton Johnston there, you've got to figure. I mean, you got to figure they want to up his routes, but, you know, if you're up in his routes, it's it's tough to get other people in there as well. Yeah, that's certainly true. And and Johnston finally uh, kind of flashed. I mean, he had a, a touchdown this weekend, which was nice. But um, yeah, with with Keenan Allen kind of day to day and him putting up the crazy performance he just did. It might be worth a shot, maybe probably more in daily fantasy, but a guy worth maybe adding to the end of your bench. Uh, another guy here I like, um, Trent Irwin. This is a, a, a Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver, if you haven't heard the name before. But, yeah, with T. Higgins sidelined, um, he has shown uh, a lot in his limited opportunities. Week 5, Higgins was out. That was his first game he was out there. And Irwin sold 10 targets. He went 8 for 60 on Sunday. Um, we ended up seeing that Higgins was out yet again, and Burrow took a deep shot early to Trent Irwin. He only had four targets. He didn't have the 10-target, double-digit double target share yet again, but 81% of the snaps, two for 54 and a touchdown. It looks like already that T. Higgins is going to miss Thursday night football. It's on the road versus the Ravens, but if you're desperate, you know the Ravens are going to put up points. So maybe Irwin has a little bit of appeal again. It's kind of in the Guyton range where you're not really excited to play it, but if you have a deep roster or maybe it's a 14-team league or something like that, Trent Irwin, you could do worse, I think. Yeah, no, I actually I I love the Irwin play. I think it's it's very sneaky. Like you said, it's it's for as long as Higgins is out. Basically, I was yeah. going to say it's for one. I was going to say it's for one week. I said, well, Higgins could be out longer. So, but as long as Higgins is out, Irwin, you know, he snaps it and you talk about, you know, a talented offense with Joe Burrow rolling there. They're going to be tossing that ball plenty. And yeah, he's, it's definitely kind of boomer bust. It's, it's risky, but, but it's a very sneaky, smart play. Yeah, certainly, certainly risky. Um, and then another guy, I think he's kind of fool's gold, if you will. Um, Brandon Cooks, I mean, we have to mention him just simply because he had uh, 10 targets, 9 receptions, 173 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, that 173 yards makes about, uh, I think it's over 50% of his receiving total so far on the season, and he's played in every game except for one. So that's extremely scary. This kind of happens. Uh, we see it from time to time. There's a huge blowout. And yeah, I mean, you just can't. I have what? Where's your confidence level in starting Brandon Cooks? Is it somewhere in the same lines as the Guyton and the Irwins, or do you think he yeah, has a little was, bit more? No, I was gonna say it's basically the same. I, I think <laughs> it's a huge, it's a huge gamble. I mean, you gambles pay off sometimes. I mean, Cooks is certainly say a bigger name and earlier draft pick than you know, the other guys were, but it's, he, he's no less scary. He's definitely, I mean, it's a big gamble and he paid off this week. I don't know if he'll pay off next week, but I mean, he's at best the number three option there. So that's, that's what you're rolling with. Yeah, exactly. I, I was kind of shocked with, uh, with Dak's numbers, just given the, the line and how they performed. I mean, he didn't really do much. I think it was the first quarter. Uh, I don't I don't know if it was the first quarter or first half, but in a game where you were projected they were going to win a ton, uh, you win mm -hmm. this game by a ton, and you would think that they would just go on the ground more, 
and he ends up throwing for four touchdowns and 400 yards. That's rushing one in. That's I mean, that's not something I would have ever guessed. Um, but Dak, I, he has to be the quarterback one over the past couple of weeks. I mean, he's just been absolutely lighting the lighting the league up. So, yeah, I mean, Brandon Cooks, like I said, I think it's a little more fool's gold. I'm going to let others kind of spin their waiver priority or their fab on him. Um, I'm kind of looking elsewhere, not necessarily in the Guyton or the, the Irwin range, but if I need a spot start, I'd probably do Irwin over Cooks, but it's, like I said, they're all basically in the same range, in my opinion. Yeah, no, they're very similar. They're risky plays. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if, you know, Dallas is pissed, apparently, <laughs> and so they're going to go out and they're going to show you. So, yeah, it's all, you know, the the Cincinnati's with their Joe Burrows and hey, the Cowboys with Dak and tossing it all over the place, you know, the Texans throwing it all the time. Obviously the teams you want to look at. Yeah, absolutely. Any other wide receivers you got on, on the docket there that you want to mention? You know, I did want to mention one guy, uh, Khalil Shakir. Uh, he's been playing a lot more. He's running, you know, it was 45 of the team's 69 snaps. And so he's getting more involved in the Buffalo offense. And he was a guy that we liked out of out of Boise State. So it was good to see him get involved more than he's been. Yeah, we wanted to see him take over. I think it was the, the Cole Beasley role, right? Like he just yeah, kind of the, the slot guy. And um, we, see, we see more usage. We didn't see too terribly much here on Monday night. Um, but that game didn't exactly go according to plan. But the couple games yeah, before that... that yeah, a couple of games before that, he, um, you know, he's flashed six for 92, four for 57. And, you know, what we would say normally is a high powered offense. I don't know exactly what's going on. Hopefully they go into the bye here in week 13 um, in a couple of weeks and just kind of reevaluate, rest up, and then, you know, go, go have a game after that. But even then, it's like Kansas City, Dallas, like New England. Not ideal matchups, but. Maybe that's more for for Diggs, and maybe that gives uh, Khalil Shakir a little bit more more run there. But yeah, I like I like that mention. That's that's a good one yep. there. Let, let's get on to the tight end waivers. Um, we got to mention this guy. He's he's owned in about sixty percent of leagues, so he may not be out there for you. But Trey McBride, I mean, we we talked about him uh, over and over again. He was my sit of the week. I think two weeks ago when he played Cleveland, that was just kind of it was kind of chalk. We kind of knew that that was. Uh, a bad matchup for him. Not only good defense, but just the quarterback situation. But now he's got he's got Kyler Murray. I mean, he's back. Kyler Murray. We were kind of concerned how is that going to pan out because it was Josh Dobbs that gave him that monster week. Uh, you know, in week eight when he went, I think it was ten for ninety five and a touchdown. Well, mm-hmm. he, he kind of won up that one. He said, "All right, Atlanta, like uh, let's go eight for one thirty one in Kyler Murray's first game back." Ray McBride is somebody you've got to add, like I said, likely not available because he's he's rostered in about 60% of leagues. But if he is, I mean, he is getting a ton of looks. Zach Ertz doesn't really scare me. He should be back uh, probably after the bye, if I had to, if I had to guess. Um, but, yeah, Trey McBride, there's a reason why he won um, best tight end in college football. He's looking the part here in the NFL. He, he's probably a top six tight end for the rest of the season. Yeah, no, he's he's in that elite tight end group, which is actually getting a little bigger, which is nice that it's not like two to three people. So <laughs> it's it's nice that there's a few elite tight ends, and I, I believe he's one of them. I mean, he was actually 
it was my start of the week this past week and so it's kind of if if any of the guys are starts of the week and they're available in your league we're probably heavily recommending you pick them up yeah yeah i mean just going forward like i said we i was kind of concerned with how kyler murray who was my start of the week um he ended up doing he ended up doing all right but uh, I was kind of concerned how much he was going to actually, if there was going to be a ton of rust or how that was going to look. And yeah, Trey McBride didn't didn't feel that rust at all, if anything. Uh, I got another tied in here. I want to go about Tyler Conklin. I mean, he's he's mm-hmm. not a sexy pick, but I mean, coming off, we just mentioned the guys who are getting the volume, right? He He's catching yep. everything. So he's got six targets, seven targets, six and seven receptions. 66 yards and 70 yards uh, over the past two weeks. Now he gets Buffalo, um, and you know we've kind of seen that Buffalo can put up some points. Monday Night Football didn't really help that, but we know they're going to put up points. The Jets' defense has kind of been kind of shut down. So you know, as far as the, the pass game goes, so that kind of concerns me because the Bills do pass the ball so much. But yeah, Tyler Conklin's getting a little bit of usage. If you're banking on someone getting a touchdown. I'd probably look elsewhere, but Tyler Conklin, as far as uh, yardage and, and receptions and targets, he's, he's right up there with everybody else. Yeah, he's actually an an old, uh, an ex-Viking, and so watched plenty of his games of, yeah, very boring, but extremely reliable. I mean, <laughs> a guy you love to have on your team, because, yeah. yeah, every time he's not, you know, he's not the ultra-athlete tight ends that we see you know that's gonna have these you know game-breaking catches and numbers and plays but he's just never gonna drop anything and he's always just gonna turn around run forward gain the maximum amount of yards it's yeah i i always root for tyler conklin yeah he's he's good for uh like i said good for about 10 a catch so um mm-hmm. not, not gonna do crazy much after that but um yeah he don't bet on the over on any of his yards after catch because it's not happening. But yeah, Tyler Conklin's yeah. kind of a, a safety net there. Any other tight ends you got? I mean, Trey McBride's obviously the cream of the crop, but... Yeah, well, Friermuth is supposed to come off uh, ah. IR. And so he has, his ownage has uh, dropped down quite a bit. So, you know, I always, I guess he's helped this season and i would say and a quarterback change from being an elite tight end but he possesses elite tight end uh talent and so you know being that talented even with an okay tight end or i'm sorry an okay quarterback you still have to look his way because it's so tough i mean the tight end position is still a small one yeah certainly i didn't know he was only rostered in 40 percent of leagues like he's he you know, widely available for somebody who's on IR. I, I guess, you know, obviously it, the roster percentage is going to go down. Not every league has an IR position. Um, yeah. So you got to drop them sometimes, but yeah, Pat Fryermuth is, is a great option. There. Um, you know, he, we talked about him early in the season, uh, you know, among like some other great names like Rob Gronkowski and stuff like that for a uh, number of receptions in their first two seasons. He was right up there with a lot of notable names, uh, historic names, that uh, you know, great in their first first two years. So yeah, Pat Fryermuth is a great great ad. Yeah, and yep, big you know big supporter of him myself, of course. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Let's go to our defense uh, start of the week or dreams of the week rather. But um, 
maybe a little sneak peek into the starts of the week. I'm going to go with one here. Uh, I've got the Lions versus the Bears. I mean, the Lions are the 20th ranked defense on, on in fantasy. So as far as, you know, real defense, we think that they're pretty good, even though Justin uh, Herbert just kind of, they, they put up a ton of points. I think it was a, like a 40 to 38 game or something like that. Like it was a very high scoring game, um, which glad to see those are back. But yeah, I mean, the, the Lions, they had a bye week. Then they played the Chargers. So they're widely available in fantasy. Now they're 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 probably facing a traveling Tyson Bagent um, led team, and or it could be Justin Fields in his very first team you know uh, very first game back for the Bears. Either way, Tyson Bagent's kind of thrown I think he's you know six interceptions so far in his short stint uh, to three passing touchdowns. So you know he's not really he's winning games, um, but it's not really been on the back of you know on his behalf. Fumbled a few times as well, so certainly turnover prone. I think the Lions could certainly exploit that. Yeah, um, unfortunately for Chicago, they're a team you just kind of have to look at and say, okay, who are they playing every week? <laughs> and is that defense available in my league? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I'm not I don't want to pick on them too much. I mean, maybe hey, returning Justin Fields really talented quarterback could get him back on track but it's tough times out in chicago yeah it's 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 a long it could be a long season there for the bears they finally got the broke their win streak um which is nice yeah. or the lost streak uh, nevertheless but who's your uh who's your defense stream of the week here so i gotta go with uh washington even though they gave away their you know 2d linemen Still a talented defense, and I mean, they're playing the Giants, who's just, again, it's another team. You have to look, who are they playing? Is that defense available? Because, wow, they they look bad. Um, though, there may be brighter skies on the horizons for Giants fans, because maybe Matt Barkley is going to come in. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard that name in a while. <laughs> I, yeah, and I am, you know... One of one of my QB boys, my my all time followers, and and hoping for him to get a shot. So hopefully, if Matt Barkley gets in there, you know all bets are off. He'll probably put up forty. But for now, <laughs> for now with the Giants, I'll, I'll go with Washington. Uh, I did also want to mention my Vikings, whose defense looks really good. They're top ten talent and has the Broncos this week and yeah. they've been getting turnovers. They've been getting sacks. I think is Hunter still number one. He's got 11, you know, uh, so probably number be. one. In yeah. And uh, yeah. in Denver's Denver. So, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I think I, the Vikings are a sneaky play this week. Yeah, exactly. I like, I like that one as well. The, the commanders one totally makes sense, especially if it's Tommy DeVito out there. If it's, even if it's Mac Barkley, I mean, I hate to say it, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's probably, you know, going to be a long day, um, for them there, but yeah, the Vikings win, like I said, uh, while I have Russell Wilson as like a stream of the week, he's an option mm -hmm. for you to stream at least. Um, it's more so cause he's been throwing touchdowns. I just mentioned that he hasn't thrown for 200 yards in five games. So if, if yardage is part of your fantasy defense, then yeah, totally. That's going to, I wouldn't expect a ton of yardage there if that were to happen. So yeah, that's uh, that's some, that's some good picks. That's gonna wrap it up here for us, folks. 
Jonah, how about you go ahead and tell them where they can find us and, and sign us off here for the day? Yep. So, of course, at our website, draftive.com, on Twitter, at draftive and at underscore drafthive. Or, I'm sorry, at underscore Colt Williams. Sorry about that. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, our Patreon page, uh, Patreon backslash draftive. And yeah, you know, thank you guys for listening today. Yeah, and we'll be back. I think we're going to come back on Wednesday. Well, well it'll be I guess it'll be for Thursday for you guys. But Wednesday night, we'll have our, our next pod out, and we will uh, have the starts and sits for you then. We'll see you then. Yeah, can't wait. Mm-hmm.